So, you ready to start a podcast? Well, Spotify for Podcasters is the absolute perfect solution. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters. They make it super easy to record and edit right from your computer. And not only that, it lets you distribute your content everywhere and even earn cash. And the best part, it's absolutely free. You literally have no excuse. So I suggest you go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters and start creating today. And what would you say is the benefit of monogamy? Oh, my God. I'm so, oh, I need to pay you money. What's your cash at? <laughs> Bro, I'm going to tell you, the safety, the protection, the value of being known, seen, heard, and understood by one person that knows everything about you, mind, soul, and body, you ain't had the best sex until you've had sex with exclusivity. That- Interesting. Welcome to Hardly Initiated, where real men talk real shit. It is your host, Tyshawn Jackson. <laughs> I'm here rocking again. Another episode. My co-host, my brother Ryan Catches. What's poppin'? I'm loose, man. You loose? I just hit that spiritual pack right before we got started. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen. This going to be one that touches and feels your soul, y'all. All All right? And this going to be so good. We might might pass the collection plate around after this one. (laughs) We might need to because they got about to get fed. (laughs) Y'all about to get fed on this one because we have found you guys, the brother that I know you've seen. Because we all done seen them. Everywhere. We done seen them. Say, but them, Hey, let me tell you, them glasses, we need to trademark them glasses. Because I, I recognize the glass before I recognize you. Yeah, but yeah, we yeah. we sitting down here with Brother Tim Ross. Welcome to Harley Initiated. Yo, I'm so happy to be here with y'all, man. Real Likewise, talk. man. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to be here with y'all. I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad you're here. Straight out of uh, uh, Dallas, Dallas Texas. Texas. Dallas, Texas. Yeah. That's right. Jumped on a plane. Got here today. And your first your first appearance on the podcast, you, you decided to join us here at Harley Initiative. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is my first time out here in these streets, like for real, for real. Um, I'm usually jumping on a plane to go preach at somebody's church. Mm. Um, and that season for me is over. So now I'm out here to connect with my people in the podcast space. So I'm glad and, and, and I'm, and I'm uh, happy about what you all are doing um, because uh, what you all do is bring something to the space that I don't bring, I can't bring. And so I just think support is important. And I think um, being able to esteem other people that are doing it with the right heart and the right motives. And so that's why I jumped on the plane to be with y'all, man. I love that. Let me tell you, you bring something that we can't bring as well, which is why we got you on the show. Yeah. Because we cannot bring 47 years of experience, 20 Four, tw- about, about to be 24 years of marriage experience. Correct. Absolutely. A father yep. of two boys experience. Yes, and a lead pastor. A lead pastor. For 20 plus years. For, I was. Yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah. For many years yeah. to, to the table here. Yep. And man, I know if for many of you who are not familiar, my brother here went absolutely insanely viral. He was all over my timeline multiple times <laughs> talking to us about his marriage. Let's just kind of start, start, park the, con- we'll actually start the conversation there. Yeah. Because man, I'm going to be honest. 
that's been a big conversation for us. Yeah, for we sure. talk about that a lot on the platform. And a lot of times they're like, what the hell y'all young boys know? Y'all ain't mm. married. Y'all barely single. You know, y'all out <laughs> here playing games, run the streets. Y'all don't have no experience. So yeah, that's facts. why we got to bring these brothers up on the platform. Sure. And I must say, when I watched that post, I honestly was able to see why I was not qualified for marriage. Wow. <laughs> why, why, why was that? What, what about the post? So, and let's talk about that because the premise of the post, the premise of what Tim was delivering to us was that we got to put work in in order to have a successful marriage. Point blank, period. It's real work. Real work. It's hard work. Hard work. And we got to be consistent at the work. Absolutely correct. Now, in order for that to happen, you got to have space in your life to put that work in. For sure. And I don't think, and you let me know. Yeah. I don't think depending on a man's life and what he's willing to actually invest in. Yeah. He should not assume that responsibility unless he's ready to put that amount of work in. Point blank, period. No, that, that's real talk. So there is a such thing as being ready for marriage? There is a such thing as being ready to make the decision for marriage. There is no perfect time to get married. What does that look like, though? What does being ready to make the decision look like for a young man who's trying to figure out if this is the right time for him? Well, for I'll tell it to you through my experience, okay? So um, uh, for me... I knew that commitment was very important. I knew that um, to be grounded and um, to be in a committed relationship with one woman was very, very important to me. It was important to me from the t time I was eight years old. So between my parents and Cliff and Claire Huxtable, <laughs> those two couples, from the time I was eight, I'm like, when I grew up, I'm going to get married. Like Point blank, period. I want what my mom and dad have. And I want what Cliff and Claire Huxtable have. I'm not going to say I want what Bill Cosby has because that includes drugs. So, um, <laughs> and some charges. <laughs> and some jail time. I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want any of that smoke, okay? So, so um, I'm, I'm 22 years old when I lay eyes on Juliet, okay? Um, I met her in the, I, I first laid eyes on her in the youth group. Um, it was April of 1998, Okay, I laid eyes on her in April of 98. Uh, no, no, no. I laid eyes on her in March of 98. I said hi to her in April. I told her I liked her in May. I told her I was in love with her in June. I proposed to her in July, all of 98. Wow. And we got married May 1st of 1999. Five months? Uh-huh. From the time you met her and you were old? I was 22, yeah, I was 20, I was 21 going on 22. A decisive 22-year-old. Oh, yeah, fam. I saw her, I was like, yeah, nah. We, how, how old was she? She uh, is three years younger than me, and so that's all I'll say, because she'll be mad if I say her age. Did you, so, so, so did you, did you actually know the amount of work it took for marriage at that point in time? Hell no. Oh, absolutely not. Um, you have a thought in your mind. Right. Based on whatever examples you see in relationships, whether you have positive or negative examples of relationships, that's marking you. That's informing you. And more of what is not as said, more more of what is not said is informing you more than what people actually tell you. So I had a lot of information. Good. Thankfully, gratefully, graciously from my parents. But even though I picked up a lot of non verbal information the execution is up to every individual and you bring all of you to this party and you do not know what's going to come out of you until after you say i do 
this is the thing we don't prepare people for when it comes to marriage, because we think um, get to know this person, live with them for two or three years, make sure y'all have sex, make sure you you gonna like it, and then if all of those boxes check, we gonna get married. Well, no, everything you found out up to that wedding day is just what got you to the altar. Everything you about to say I do to is what you don't know. Mm. So this is why more than 50% of the, the, the marriages end in divorce because they have no idea that the commitment they're making is not to what they do know about this person. It's what they don't know about this person. <laughs> Damn. I never thought about that. Yeah, bro. You ain't that you exchanging vows. You looking, she got on her makeup and she got that veil on and, you know, breasts up and booty out and stomach flat and da da da. And you got on your tux and your cummerbund and y'all looking at each other's eyes and you crying and you like, (laughs) 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 you know, you and then you thinking based on everything I know about this woman, it's going to be more the same. Mm. So in five months, because obviously in five months, you don't know much. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, do you recommend a young man makes that decision in that amount of time? Do you think that there's a right amount of time to get the right amount of information? Mm-mm. Or is there just is it just a jump? It's a jump, regardless, right? We're, 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 okay, five months, people can look on the outside looking in and say, you know, that's a, that was really fast. We would even say it's fast. Um, but I knew it was her. But but at that point, your, your parents at that point have been married for 20 plus years, right? Oh, oh for sure. And did they have any reservations about you moving fast like that? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. I flew her to Cali, and she met my parents, and they were like, don't mess this up. Wow. That's going to be my daughter-in-law. Don't you you get it? Make it happen. You know what I mean? Close the deal, fam. Okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? So they were in full support. They was in full support. What's what's the discernment that you need? Like, what is it that you see at that point in time, especially somebody with years of experience now, that you're looking at? Your son brings a woman home. Mm -hmm. What are you looking at of this woman to be able to quickly decide or discern that this is a woman that's going to be the one, that this is going to be your woman? Yeah. Um, On the surface, does this woman love my son? Like wholeheartedly, you know what I mean? Can you can you sense that? Can you feel that? And only some people that have been married for twenty years and worked it out—they're the only ones that's really gonna know that, right? That's why I had to bring her home to my parents. Like, y'all do, y'all do this check for me, you know? Analyze this. Now, at the end of the day, people are human; they can make any decision that they want. So you, there, there is a level of risk <laughs> right, right. when it comes to commitment that I don't want to mitigate at all, right? There is, there is no all-seeing eye that can look deep into the future and, and run past every scenario and say, if y'all only got two pieces of chicken left and 90 cent in the bank account, she going to still be here. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. If y'all try to have a baby but she has four miscarriages, you going to still be here. She going to still be here. Like, we don't know all the life scenarios, but you want to know as much as you can at the time you make that decision. Is this person a person that is in love with me, that is here for me? Do they accept me where I am now? Do they have the potential to accept me as I grow into whoever I'm going to be? Because who Juliet married at 23 is not the same person she's married to at 47. And I'm not married to the same woman. I talk a lot about guys, you know, uh, cheating on their spouses. 
And the fact that, okay, whatever you thought you had an old girl, had you just had patience with your wife, she probably would have turned into her. Mm. <laughs> so are you saying that you have to give your partner opportunity to develop in these different ways? Oh, absolutely. Okay. There's no way you're going to be with somebody for two and a half decades and going to be the same person. So, I mean, and that's the tricky part. So when, once they change and you change too, yeah. how is it possible to maintain love? Or is it always, I know, I know it's a love in terms of the foundation of it. Yeah. But are you always in love the entire marriage? No, absolutely not. And what do you do? In, like, I mean, what do you do in between time? Yeah, you got to like them. Mm. I have not always loved my wife. Mm. And she for sure has not always loved me. But I've always liked her. I've never disliked my wife. And we started as friends. It was a fast friendship. It, it was a friendship that I compromised. I'm the one that that decided to shoot my shot. Good. Right? Because good. It's, it's a lot of men out there in love with their best friend and not saying nothing. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that, that was not going to happen. Shout so, out to you. <laughs> so, so, so I'll tell you exactly how it happened. So I, I am, uh, so like I said, I laid eyes on her in March, said hi to her in April. In May, I told her I liked her. So I'm, I'm talking to her on the phone and, and, and I, dude, I'm just in love with this girl. So I'm, uh, well, I liked her at that point. So I'm just like, man, her breathing is blessing me. You know what I mean? I'm like, just, I don't care what we talking about, you know? But we're on the phone. And in May, I had talked to my cousin, Christy, and I was like, I like this girl more than a friend. But if I tell her, you know how it is when you tell somebody, you 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 in jeopardy of losing the whole friendship if it goes south, you know what I mean? And get put in the friend zone or whatever the case. But I'm from Cali, so we wound up, we was always with a bad chick because the only thing you can tell me is no. And then you, you wind up getting pleasantly surprised when you just shoot your shot. Like, oh, you, oh, that was two points? Let's go, you know. Right. So so um, I got on the phone with her and I said, um, hey, I said, I'm about to tell you something. And I said, what I have to tell you, um, I know I run the, rest, run the risk of compromising our friendship. I said, um, I'm very intrigued by you. I like you more than a friend. Um, and I don't want this to compromise our friendship, but I do need you to know if you have a boyfriend, you need to know why I'm going to be pissed. Mm. And if you do have a boyfriend, I don't want to be your friend. And she was like, well, you know what? Thank you for telling me. I really appreciate that. And, um, you know, based on what you just told me, it won't ruin our friendship. She didn't tell me she liked me back. Mm. She didn't reciprocate. Like, oh, my God, I was waiting on you to tell me the same thing. I thought the same. Nope. She was just like, thank you for telling me, and this will not ruin our friendship. That was not a red light, gentleman. That was not a green light, gentleman. That was yellow. Mm. So I proceeded with caution. So you just got to know how to read. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. That wasn't rejection. It was just, okay, let me be careful. She didn't wholeheartedly and resoundingly reciprocate what I felt for her. But she did let me know she heard me loud and clear. And she said this wouldn't ruin our friendship. So let's just keep going and let this. So, so at that point, she's pretty much open to your interests. I guess it's okay. a yellow light. <laughs> okay, and, and, and at that time, because you said you met her in youth church, mm -hmm. so is it fair to say that you pretty much grew up in the church? Oh yeah, oh for sure. Okay, so oh, absolutely. I have I have some questions like uh, about your, you know, because I'm I'm assuming everything was typically or pretty much traditional. Yep. 
So did you have premarital uh, premarital sex with your wife before y'all got married? We did not. Okay. We barely made it. Wow. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I made okay. it to my wedding. Oh, see, nobody no, no, said I waited five months. He okay. said, look, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> okay. Now, now, now that, that, was that, that, was, that was from, now, I want to make sure uh, uh, we're clear on the timeline. From the time I laid eyes on her to the time we were engaged was five months. Mm. From the time I laid eyes on her to the time we were married, it was 13 months. Wow. Yeah. So, so y'all dated 13 months, no sex. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. No, 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 13 plus five. No, no, it wasn't even 13 months. So so we were engaged. We were, it, we because I told her I was in love with her in June. We got engaged in July. So July to May. Okay. So that's 10 months. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. that's 10 months. Yep. Okay. And it was it was 100% intentional. You decided not to oh, have if I sex. If I'd have had sex with Juliet before I married her, I wouldn't be married to her. Now, let me let me ask you this. Wow. I, want, I want to ask you why now, but I'm going to hold that question. Have you ever had sex prior? Oh, Absolutely. Okay, so you already had man, sex prior. You already said he from Cali, man. Come so, on, man. Well, I was a smooth operator. So, so let me give you <laughs> let me give you our context to that. Okay, so I I got sexually abused by a teenage boy when I was eight years old. Wow. For like repeatedly, uh, for like over six. Well, it was repeatedly over six months. And um, uh, so then I got exposed to pornography when I was twelve, and then uh, so porn and masturbation was like that was my cocaine, my weed. My alcohol. That's the way I coped with the trauma of my sexual abuse. This is a daily situation? Oh, my God, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And this is back in, you know, I am I was born in 75, so we talking about magazines and then... You had to really work hard to be yeah. in a position to, to yeah. work your meat at that point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, man. It was... Yeah. With some pages? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You had to... You, yeah. You, you, there was no crack... Right. form of this it was all wow. coca you know what i mean right, it right. was all cocaina you <laughs> know what i mean pure. <laughs> it was pure stuff right it was pure stuff so so um but then i i i lost my virginity when i was 18 and bruh like that first piece of cat i got i was like yeah no nah, this is no actually i take that back i got head before i actually lost my virginity like like actually like having sexual intercourse with a girl. Yeah. Um, um, I got head in the park and I was like, is this what I've been watching? Like mm. th this, my hand can retire if this is about to be, <laughs> if this is about to be my future. You know what I'm saying? So um, that was a very, that was a very, um, uh, I, 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 I so desperately at that time, I've done a lot of therapy around this now. And so it's not a big deal. But at that time, um, uh, sex was such a an outlet for me to feel masculine because I actually could control who touched me, whereas at eight I wasn't in control of who touched me. So so I was like I was promiscuous, but I was like the most discretionary promiscuous person you ever met. Cause you're still in the church. No, 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 no. My parents, I grew up in church. Gotcha. I was not in the church. Gotcha. I was not gotcha. the choir boy boning the chick behind the church. Okay. okay no, I didn't okay. fool with nobody in church. No, gotcha. no. Nah, nah. I, I went to church because my parents were pastors. They started a church in our house. And um, when I was 13 years old, and they, they, grew, they grew a church. It was a small church. It never got over 100 people, right? So that's the context I come from. I don't come from mega church. I come from like a very small church. Got it. Um, but like after I went to, I went to church cause I lived in a house. 
<laughs> but I was in the back writing raps mm. and laughing at the people that spoke in tongues. So it wasn't like I was the church boy that was bad. I, I was just, my parents are pastors. I grew up in church culture. That's the culture I grew up in. Some people grew up in a drug culture. Some people grew up in a Muslim culture. Some people grew up in an alcoholic culture. I grew up in a church culture. So after church, straight to Venice Beach. We at Venice Beach to about five, six in the evening. We're going to eat at M&M's, Roscoe's, or Doolin's. And then we're going to cruise Crenshaw to about two o'clock in the morning. So you at this point in your life now where you're a young guy, you're having a good time, you're enjoying life, you're having sex, you're enjoying women. You meet this young lady now mm -hmm. here, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you make the decision not to have sex with her when you were a promiscuous guy. What made you say, okay, this is a woman that I'm not going to have sex when I'm going to pursue this relationship in this way? All right, so let me, let me make sure we have context to that. So lost my virginity at 18, gave my life to Jesus when I was 20. Okay. January 14th of 1996, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Mm. Stopped having sex. Still a porn addict, but stopped having sex. Very interesting. Oh, yeah, I was just a born-again porn addict, okay? So, um, so I gave up sex when I gave my life to Jesus. I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. I did fall a few times, so it wasn't cold turkey. Right. You know, I got a couple of calls around 12, and my flesh was like, because <laughs> your flesh is like Jason. It'd be like haunting you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get up now. <laughs> you know, so 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 I relapsed like two or three times. And then I just didn't like the way I felt anymore. Like I was literally like, I didn't feel good about it. And so I was like, no, I can't do this no more. So I'm already in that mindset by the time I get to Texas because I moved to Texas in 1997. I gave my life to Christ in 96, moved to Texas in 97, meet Juliet in 98. So when I get with Juliet, I know I cannot have sex with this girl because the, none of the girls I had sex with uh, prior to giving my life to Jesus and then the couple that I had after, um, I, I was like, nah, I can't. I, I can't, like, I could never settle down with you. Like, I didn't... I didn't respect them like that. Right. If I got that cat <clears throat> and this wasn't a part of it, this was not going to be a part of it. Okay. Regardless on her, regardless on the woman's character. For, regardless. Okay. Regardless. So that was that was my own thing. It's probably some ladies pissed like, same thing can be said about you, fool. I get it. I get it. Just for me, it was like I knew, especially after giving my life to Jesus, if I have sex with Juliet prior to us being married, I am going to put her in a category that I put women prior to giving my life to Jesus. You know, and I did so want to Some do men that. do that when it comes to one night sex. Well, you know, or, or just different categories in yeah. general. Because yeah. honestly, I think that's very wholesome. Like, he, that just shows your standard because you're like, look, if I even have sex with you at all, I'm going to look at you this way. The bar is raised now. We got a much sluttier society. So it's like, yeah. it's like, like, <laughs> look, if you let me piss on you, I won't marry you. <laughs> right? so people standing now has completely changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can do all types of ungodly things to you, but <laughs> right. just not this. Right, exactly. <laughs> and to some extent, I have that same thing. I, I think I even communicated that to Ryan, one that I recently discovered we're not going to talk about here, okay? <laughs> but, you know, I, I want, oh I, I want to hear about this because porn addiction is something that, that we're really struggling with here now. Because yeah. people are getting introduced to porn even earlier oh, yeah. now, and yeah. the porn is even 
easier to access. So many and it's varieties. Like an endless, oh my gosh. Bro. I mean, I could watch a new porn video every day for the rest of my life yeah, if I really yep. wanted yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So it's, I don't even like, I'm like, yo, are they really recording, they dropping, they recording this shit like daily now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Multiple times a day. Yeah, but, but, absolutely. But yeah. So, they so working harder this. than us. Right. right. <laughs> really. Really. That was the original <laughs> podcast. Yo, let me ask you this though. How did you mend that before marriage or did you? Did you take that porn addiction into your marriage? Absolutely, I did. Because how did, that, did, did your wife know? She did. Wow. Yeah, she did. Uh, what she didn't know and what I didn't know um, was the depth of the addiction and everything else around it. Because porn addiction is a symptom of something else. Porn addiction is the, the fruit of something. It's not the root of anything, right? In the same way, cigarettes ain't the fruit of something. It's the root of it it's not the root of it it's the fruit of it alcoholism is not the root of your issue it's like if your nose is running and i hand you a kleenex i helped you take care of your symptom i didn't get rid of your cold right so so i didn't know the depths of my addiction based on the sexual abuse and the trauma i en i endured as an eight-year-old so digging down into that, bro, took years. Mm. Years. Now, during that time, are you still able to, to, you know, I guess, perform with your wife? Oh, absolutely. Okay. My wife is the, f oh, Lord have mercy. My God, we have the best sex life. We've always had the best. Like, okay. I had no excuse to watch porn. Ever. Ever. Right. <laughs> My wedding night, Juliet took off her clothes, and I was like, well, Damn. Rock hard. <laughs> thank so, you, Jesus. I am. Well, so it, it, thank you, Lord. <laughs> you are worthy. So it, of all the praise. So it, so it didn't hold you back from performing with your wife. It did. But what negative impacts did it have? Oh man. Um, well, uh, it, it it kept me a liar because I was keeping secrets from my wife. Um, it it kept me. Uh, bound to shame and guilt, a lot of shame and guilt. Um, and overall, my when your conscience is not clear, you're, you, you cope in other ways. So I had, um, I was very selfish because um, porn addiction makes you a selfish person, right? Because this is you with you. Mm. <laughs> right Th this is this is self ish <laughs> right so i don't want you to think like give me that right i just want you to think i am i am into myself a lot i am taking care of myself a lot i am dealing with myself literally <laughs> right a lot well that just makes you a very self-centered person my wife told me that i couldn't hear that because I have shame and I have guilt, and so I'm overperforming in other areas. So that made my pride flare up. That made my ego flare up. I was always defensive, and I just could not see myself the way I really needed to because I was, I, I, I hadn't tended to little Timmy yet. I hadn't tended to that little boy. And so that little boy is disrupting my adult body. Cause I haven't, I haven't dealt with that trauma yet. So that's, that, she, she danced the disco with me on that. Mm. 
And I got fired from a couple of jobs as a result of porn. Like my porn addiction was whoa, serious. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, so, okay, because I hear I hear porn addiction, but we don't really hear what that looks like. Yeah, so, bro. Yeah. What? what so is what that like the, you taking frequent breaks? No, I I, I was looking at I was I was looking. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> that's really funny. That's really funny. <laughs> I'm thinking like, like how, how many like, how many yeah. times can you do this shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, this yeah. is actually kind of fucked up to be laughing at this guy talking about. His. No, so, no, listen, I don't, it, I, dude. When I tell you I'm free, I don't. All okay. of this is and I don't I had, care. I have some bouts with, with with porn, not addiction, but you know yeah. I might go like you know three days too crazy. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I <laughs> three get, days too crazy. <laughs> Yeah, Ryan, no, I get it. Ryan called out of work one day. <laughs> Zinked out. I need to heal. Zinked out. <laughs> so I said, like, need I, to replenish. No, but it's serious. Though, so I don't even do. I don't even do. I don't even watch it. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the conditioning that you know. Oh, it, 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 it rewires your brain. It does. So when I say I got I got fired from some jobs, I was looking at porn on company computers. Mm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so bro. you're not even pleasing yourself. No, dude. I just I just had to look. That is an addiction. It was, it was, dude, addiction. Wow. Addiction. I don't use that word lightly. Addiction. I get it. Yeah, man. So I get it. I got fired from a couple of jobs. That's super embarrassing for Juliet um, and myself. Um, but yeah, it, it was just a very, that, that was a very, because Juliet was a virgin when we married. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like she was out here and she had this. But she's very confused about why this is, is going on and happening. Yeah, yeah. She She's very supportive. She's not even confused. She understands what it is. She's desperately frustrated with me because she's like, do your work. Do your work, fam. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And so um, I did because I was not trying to lose this girl, like, at all. And I realized, so, so, um, in the for the 27 years well the the this year yeah 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 so 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 i've been a believer this year 27 years so for 20 in the 27 years that i've been a believer in jesus 25 years i've been in some form of counseling and or therapy mm. like and and i'm t i'm to the point now where i spend about 12 to 14 grand a year on my mental health that's good so this, wow. so so this is not like a, you know, I got hurt when I was younger and I went to therapy for six months and now I'm better. Right. I haven't been back, Bruh, I am in session once a month for eight hours, process group therapy, and I have an EMDR therapist that I'm with at least once every two to six weeks, just to make sure that there's nothing in my neural system. Nothing in my amygdala that's triggering, firing off, trying to make me relapse, trying to pull me down. So so I, I sit here as the man I am today to talk to y'all from a place of immense work, which is why when I said marriage is work, there was so much weight to that statement. I think it resonated with people because I wasn't just flipping off at the mouth, fam. I've done my damn work at a deep level. And you've even so, invested and I've invested in invested it. in yes it. I have sir so absolutely so, so Tim I want to talk to you about that sexual abuse aspect because yeah. even when you you know you, you talk about your your past experience I think about it's been times I haven't been sexually abused but mm -hmm. it's been times where I remember being a kid and just being in the position where I was very 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 uncomfortable mm -hmm. and I think about those times things that I've never communicated to my mom yeah you know what I mean yes things I've never really communicated to anybody yeah and I just I just thinking like god damn I'm so happy that 
for whatever reason, yeah. something happened where it didn't go no further than that level yes. of discomfort. Uh-huh. But it also lets me know how easily something can happen like that, for like sure. right under the noses of the people who love you and care about you the most. Absolutely correct. So as a father with two you know, young men that you're raising, like what are some things that you have to do as a parent to protect your kid from the predators out there that may be you know, actually supervising your, your yeah, kids absolutely or just correct. be peers. Yeah, absolutely. So, man, I had to do a lot of, I had to go, I had to do a lot of therapy around raising my kids and not projecting my trauma on them. Cause bro, if, if I didn't do that work, everybody would be on my hit list. My nieces, my nephews, right, <laughs> my, right. my in-laws, right. every, I would be looking at everybody like you touch them, you die. You know this, right? Yeah, right. And not like quick death. You know I fillet you, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And I start with the places you don't bleed out. And right. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know I fillet you if you. So I had to go like do some deep work around my own trauma so that I wouldn't project project it on my boys. And the thing that is so um, devastating about uh, the majority of child abuse cases is it is the perpetrator is always somebody who you trusted. Mm. So your alarm's not raised for that person because it's like that's my brother my brother's not gonna mess with his niece right you know what i'm saying or that's my neighbor they all these kids all grew up together my my mama ain't checking for the teenage boy across the street Mm -hmm. but when we go to the mall she's standing in you know mommy i have to go to the restroom i go in the men's restroom she's standing in the door with it open ready to fight anybody come in there like looking crazy right Looking, making eye contact with every man in there. Whatever penis you got, my husband got it too. That's my child. Hurry up, baby. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they did their job. It's just that the, the the predator is always the person that has already gained trust. That's what makes them a predator. <laughs> right? There's a difference between a a a a robbery and a theft. A robbery is up front and in your face. You got accosted. They bopped you upside the head. You know what I'm saying? Yanked the chain off your neck. <laughs> drug you down. The, I didn't know I had a clasp on it. They drug you for four feet. And then, you know, and right, right. snapped it off and then ran off. That's a robbery. You, mm. you were physically accosted. You were beat up. A thief is sneaky. Mm. A thief is casing the joint. I know they got a lot. Three dudes went in, only two came out. So that means one is left. Mm. And we just gonna have to, we just gonna have to sit on this spot for a while, fam. Man, let's give up on that. Let's go. No, no, no. We gonna wait. We gonna wait. Then the third person come out. Three hours later, they like, we probably got forty minutes, man. Let's get in there. And that's why with theft you feel so violated, right? Because it's like I locked the door. You know what I'm saying? I got the ring camera. Did everything you thought you were supposed I to do to protect yourself? I did everything I thought I was supposed to do, and it still got taken? That's why it feels such, like such a violation uh, when something is, is taken from you surreptitiously. Because it's like, I didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? So my parents were dejected, bro. Like, they were devastated when when they found out about my sexual abuse, but they didn't find out. I, I got I got abused when I was eight. I didn't tell my mom until I was 19. Mm. Wow. And the reason, here's how she found out. Uh, she actually caught me watching porn. 
at two o'clock in the morning on a big screen TV. And this is like VHS porn, fam. This is not like laptop computer. You was way porn. too comfortable. I, bruh, I was like, I had like, I had it down to a science. Like they all in bed. Mama don't get up to, until five o'clock in the morning. I'm just watching. I'm talking penis in hand, watching it, remote in the left hand. And VHS is hard because I actually was in the VHS era for a minute too. So you got to like rewind it back to, yeah. the, the, to the part that it was started yeah, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a lot of shit. It's a lot going on. And then the tracking, if it's all fuzzy at the bottom, there was a lot to that. It was it was a bad season for porn. Mm. So, uh, so uh, but my mom caught me and and obviously it was like embarrassing in a way that I can't even describe, right? But I remember um, kind of like, I remember like ejecting the tape and then like going to like clean myself up. And <laughs> dude, this, this is slow. This is slow. Yo, Tim, let me tell so you walk something. Shame, I like, fam. I, listen, I fuck with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, keep it 100. Hey, dog. I, listen, I'm straight no chaser, fam. Like, I'm I don't play. It. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, bro. So I'm like, you know, so I'm, I'm, you know, washing my hands off and I'm like, okay, dog. If I go down this hall and make a left, <laughs> I'll I'll be I'll you know she probably gonna tell daddy, and daddy gonna. Did she say, did, wait, did she say anything? Was it like a scream or did she just walk she in? Said, and was a she said, "She said Tim, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like son, is That's that the, you?" That yeah, she was like, "What are you watching?" And I was like, <laughs> "You know, oh, I didn't like know what I didn't soft. know what to. I didn't know. Soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, you just feel disgusting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, disgusting. you're disgusting. You're done. So, 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 I'm like, if I make a left, I go in my room. I probably ain't gonna deal with this. I was like, if I make a right and go to her room, I gotta tell her the truth because I know why I'm watching porn. That's the thing. I know this is ain't recreational. I know this ain't curiosity. You know what I'm saying? You got some shit Th mentally going on. Yeah, I got some stuff going on. And I know it's connected to the trauma, the sexual trauma. So I knock on her door. And I hear her say, like with this very soft voice, like, come in. And I open the door. She's on her knees praying and crying. And I'm like, <sighs> and I'll, I'll never forget what I said, fam. I said, uh, mommy, I don't want you to think I'm dirty. I don't want you to think I'm disgusting. But I got molested when I was eight, and she just lost it. So I, then I lose it, right? And then so we wake up my younger brother, Miles. Miles got molested by the same dude. Wow. Mm -hmm. did, you, you, did you know? I knew. We, I found out when, he, when I was 15, he was 14. Wow. That's when that's when I found out. But he got molested around the same time I did. John John actually molested everybody on the block, all the kids on the block. It stopped when he when uh, uh, my older brother, who was a founder of a gang in L.A., my older brother f uh, caught him in the bed with my next door neighbor, and that's when it stopped. And like we never like nobody, no kid ever said he did it to me too. But we all kind of took this silent sigh of relief of like oh I guess that fool's just gonna stop right you know what I'm saying right um because he, he he only fooled with me for like like I said like maybe six months seven months and I guess he just went on to the next boy or whatever the case whatever he was a true predator he was a predator fam and so um so then my mom gets on the phone calls my dad he worked for the post office and she was like you gotta come home so it's like 3 30 in the morning now me daddy mom and miles is sitting there and so I got molested, and then Miles talks about what happened to him, 
Then my mom says that she was sexually abused by her babysitters when she was six. And then my dad says that he was sexually violated by the comic book store owner when he was five. Insane. So in one night, what should have been like super shameful and like, like everybody, like it turned into like this beautiful moment of like light coming in. Cause my parents didn't even know about each other's. So they've been married to each other with this massive detail missing as a part of their intimate relationship. And that night, bro, it was like 200 pounds of concrete came off of my chest. And I was like, I will never have a secret again as long as I live. Mm. Point blank, period. Because you could have had somebody right there been to the same shit could have helped you out as painful <clears throat> and embarrassing as it would have been to share. And I, and I, and I, I, from that day to this, I have never had a secret. So wherever I am, that's where I am. Like somebody gonna know it. I hope somebody, <laughs> I hope somebody really listened to this because I, yeah. I, I know for a fact it's hundreds of young men and young women who have been abused. Millions. Millions. <laughs> millions. And have never said a word about that's it. That's right. Have never see, sought help or, or, or and having these issues yeah. in their current relationships yep. over something that they could not control. That happened years ago to yep. them, and and uh, I, I hope they really take this seriously and do and take some of the same steps that you did. If they're brave enough to do that work, fam, I promise you, it'll change your it'll change your whole life. It'll change your whole life. Tim, listen, that's that's heavy, and as a matter of a fact, I agree that it's millions of people out here dealing with this for sure. And I also know how hard it is to hold a secret, like something that's just heavy on you. That yeah. shit weighs on you, weighs deeply into your conscience. Yep. As a matter of fact, I want to I want to ask about this because this is another reason to marriages fail tremendously because it is, and a lot of people dealing with the secret of infidelity that's also going on in these marriages, and that's something I want to kind of go into. Yeah. Because did you first of all did you ever have to deal with infidelity inside your marriage? I did, but it's actually not something that I can talk about freely because it it doesn't just affect me; it affects Juliet as well. Mm. Yeah. And it's a conversation we have yet to have with my sons. They're fourteen and twelve. Yeah, and so I owe that conversation to them first that makes before sense. I can share it here. So, wow. t- so, 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 tell me about that though. Like when when it comes to infidelity, right? That's one of the biggest things mm-hmm. because it's damn. I mean, when we just are realistic about just this, the landscape of marriages, yeah, it's almost inevitable, yeah, that over a span of a lifetime, somebody's gonna have sex. With somebody else, I mean, I ain't, and I'm not gonna lie. Usually, it's the man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Going out, mm-hmm. stepping outside. Mm-hmm. I, I think women have uh, the a true capability to truly be satisfied sexually through one vessel. I'm not saying they don't desire other things. That's but a major assumption, a though, because I think it's probably women that also cheat and just never, never. Well, say no, 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 get no. That, that's 100 true. I'm just talking about. I'm not saying that. I never said women don't cheat. I'm just talking about just pure off of being able to have satisfaction and fulfillment through one sexual partner where I just don't believe that one man can be truly like their like from a physical primal standpoint will be sexually satisfied with one partner. So I think that's something we just constantly battle. Yep. And also, you know, why it just happens. Yeah. How do you how do you deal with something like that inside of a marriage? And and from as from a man, right? Yes. I think how do how do we handle or manage just the the inevitable desire, and if it occurs, how do you guys mend that in your relationship and keep keep pushing forward? So uh, this is a great uh, topic and and a great uh, point of conversation because um, 
we have not done a good job as men and women about having um, honest, open, and transparent conversations. My acronym is HOT, HOT Conversations. Honest, open, and transparent. Mm. We, we don't do a good job as men and women having hot conversations around our sexual desires and our appetites. Agreed. We make a lot of assumptions, and we do a lot of finger-crossing. I hope she's a freak. I hope he's a freak. I hope she does this for me. I hope he does that for me. But they don't have the grown, mature conversations to say, I've explored my body, and my body has been explored, if it has, <laughs> right? Uh, and I know what I like. I like to be touched like this. I like for this to happen. I like for that to happen. Would you be opposed to doing this? Is this something that you would be against? Is this something that would be difficult for, for us to have in, in our marriage? Um, uh, I, I think if we were more honest about what we enjoyed, we'd have different outlooks on sex with our spouse monogamously. The other thing we're never honest about is I can be attracted to other people but attraction does not mean I have to bone them <laughs> so we're not even honest about our sexual appetite with each other nor are we honest about the fact that I find another person attractive that attraction doesn't automatically mean at an animalistic primal level <laughs> I must now put my penis in her vagina. She looked too good. Her fault. <laughs> what was my dick supposed to do? I had to bone her. No, I don't. I don't have to do anything ever. Or I can do anything ever. And there's consequences to both. Mm. <laughs> I could go murder everybody in the mall. As long as I'm okay with capital punishment. I got to make that decision. Am I okay <laughs> with the electric chair, the gas chamber. I don't know what they're doing in America. Lethal, <laughs> lethal injection, right, I think, right. you know, everything else is too mean. You know what I mean? Inhumane. Inhumane, that's the word. Everything else is too humane, but so we just going to hit you with all the drugs at the same time. <laughs> so, okay, so Tim, what would you say is the benefit of monogamy? Oh, my God, I'm so, oh, I need to pay you money. What's your cash at? <laughs> Bro, I'm going to tell you, the safety, the protection, the value of being known, seen, heard, and understood by one person that knows everything about you, mind, soul, and body, you ain't had the best sex until you've had sex with exclusivity that, interesting i'm telling you what i know fam sex with exclusivity is the best sex you will ever have in your entire life and the generational mindset that i get tired of it and i need variety and there's just no way to just it's the same person over and over and over. you've been living in your same house You've been driving that same car. 
<laughs> You've been working that same job. You know what I mean? We, we switch up everything now so much that we actually think that like sexual connectivity with others is going to give us something that exclusivity wouldn't. But if you never articulate what your needs, desires, and expressions are, would a person, to give them the opportunity to reciprocate all of that, you, have, you actually don't know what you actually have until you do the work to have it. But this is only for the grown. I'm telling you right now. I think it's something that just seems, I guess to people just non-sexy about having to have conversations about, hey, can you... No, I kind of really like it when yeah. I get my ass licked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can, you like, can you do that? Yeah. You kind of just random, like, you know, just have a little freak, just go ahead and take care of that for you. Without it, just the spontaneity of things is just what's what what's kind of sexy about. And, like, and how? No, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, so no, please, no, no. yeah, yeah, good, yeah. good time. But 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 to that point, in the spontaneity of that, <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna put myself in that situation, right? I've been married to the same chick for twenty. 24 years this year, but I'm going to put myself in that situation. All right. So I'm with some freak, right? And she just flips me over, all right, and sticks her tongue down my butt. Oh, come on now. Right? Damn. And then I'm going to be like. It's aggressive. Oh, this is. Oh, yeah, I really do like that. (laughs) (laughs) You might do it literally. It just sounds like that. But how many more buttholes has this tongue been in? I think the same thing. Oh, yeah, but Um, Well, dang. Like, I'm not talking about somebody you with for a long time, but um, if we're talking about the spontaneity of like, I saw Shorty in the mall and she was down and she a freak. I, I can't lie to myself and think I'm the first person she's freaked. I agree with that. It's not, like you, you not, enjoy the pleasure, but it's still you still very like skeptical about the whole you're experience. You're very skeptical. Remember, we kind of talked about prior about it's just certain things people do and you just kind of charge them off to the game. And yeah. this, this person here... The, I mean, that's that's definitely in the category of those things. But as a man sexually, yeah, do you think that it's possible for us to have sex or fulfill ourselves or these little urges that you have on a, I guess, impromptu basis, even if it's not consistent, and you still be able to fulfill and have a happy marriage with your wife? Is that possible? Can you create that environment? No, that's not that's not possible. Okay, the soul is fragmented with every person that you have sex with. Okay, so I want to ask you about that yeah. because in you know in the most ideal situation, I would love to marry a virgin. Yeah. Like I mean, I would love to all the chicks I'm fucking with to be virgins. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, but, I, but I know that's not possible. But as somebody who actually married a virgin, mm-hmm. what impact do you think that that has had on her ability to bond and be caring and just be loyal to you? Um oh my goodness. Well, if it's one thing I lament more than anything is losing my virginity. Really? I lament if I, I have a lot of regrets in my life. Um, uh, that one, I wish I would have saved myself for Juliet. I wish I didn't have um, another memory of another woman. Wow. I really don't. I really don't. What are the, have those memories affected your, your, your sex life and your marriage? Oh, absolutely not. I'm telling you, Juliet and I have better sex than porn stars. So then, like, why, why, why do you lament that? I lament it because I'm I, I I regret that that somebody else has experienced me as a sexual creature mm. consensually outside of Juliet. I, I I I regret that. I wish I love my wife so much. I wish I could have given her all of me, and the only thing 
that I've ever, when I think about my, the sexual part of my life, I'm a, I'm a sexual being, and I think about the sexual part of my life, I just wish I had deposited all my money into that account. I wish I'd never had a Wells Fargo account. You know, I, I think that's a, don't, they say, don't they say to diversify your investments? Right. <laughs> no, but I think, I think that's funny. I think that's a good point, though, because usually when you think about sex, you think about, you know, what, you, what you're receiving. Yeah. You're not really thinking about what you're giving up. And every time you have sex with somebody, you do give them oh, absolutely a piece correct. of you in this way. Yeah, absolutely correct. But it's so And men give. are givers. Mm-hmm. Our whole bodies are wired to give. Women's bodies are wired to receive. Soul being fragmented, though. I want you to kind of talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. most men feel like, yo, we're built to we're we're built to have sex. We designed to, uh, we, you know, we producing all this sperm. You know the conversation, uh-huh, right? I do. But now you taking it to a you taking it to you taking it to a soul level. Shout out to Nick Cannon, <laughs> right, right. the mentor. Hey, we need you on the we need you on the show next, Nick. <laughs> Big brother. But, but t- t- tell me tell me about that. Yeah. What are the what are the true effects to a man? Because obviously it seems to not be physical. The problems or the, the problems that may come with it. Yeah. You're saying it's on a soul spirit level. Uh-huh, it Break is. Break that down for me. It's on a it's on a it's on an emotional level. It, it's on a spiritual level. You, you think about the men that okay, they've had multiple partners, right? But okay, and we in in there's a certain uh uh subcategory of masculinity, right, where that is celebrated, right? Oh, yeah. He get pussy nigga. Yeah. <laughs> He knocks them all down. Those be the man. legends. They yeah. legends. Yeah, he get that, he get that so, extra dap. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Salute. And they all baddies and they all got fat booties and they all got you know what I'm saying? And and we we celebrate that. That man's soul has never been known. Mm. He's never been known. He's a performer. He doesn't know what it is to be loved without performing. He doesn't even know he needs to not perform. So his whole, everything about his identity has to do with with performance. And the the moment he can no longer perform, he's no longer known. That's, That's a part of every man that if not realized, you can't even understand what life is about. Nick Cannon? Does he have enough money to have all these babies with all these women? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, he does. <laughs> Has he produced 11 broken families? So those home, So now, I, I get, by definition, I think the definition of broken, I looked this up recently, is like a home, pretty much a home where the people are either divorced or separated, right? I mean. They're not together. They're so. not together. They're not together. Now, is he, is he able to provide, if, if he is able to provide emotional support to each one of those families, because I think it's like six of them, yeah. like five or six of them, whatever one it is. We've lost count. <laughs> if he's able to do that, uh-huh. is there no honor in that? Because I, I, I think, because I think also, right? Because Nick is also a very like, he, he, you know, he got woke. He's on a very historical level, and I think it goes back to the, you know, back in history, especially time back to African ties and lineage. Polygamy was an aspect of culture. Correct. That's correct. So was that wrong even then? I believe that uh, God's plan was always for a man and a woman to be exclusive to each other for a lifetime. And if they can make babies and procreate, yay. If they can't, okay. Right? We, we accept the will of God. Um, 
polygamy uh, is even found in scripture as early as Abraham, right? The, 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 the founder of both, of, of uh, both, not both, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam all comes from Abraham, okay? But if Abraham does not take the advice of Sarai to take his handmaid, Hagar, and have a baby with her, then we don't even have the discussion that we're having now. Jacob winds up having the 12 sons of Israel with four different women. Leah, Rachel, Zilpah, and Bilhah. Is it permitted? It is permitted. Is it conducive? No, it's not conducive. Does it cause issues and problems in the family structure and the dynamic? 1,000% every single time. There's no way around it. So can Nick support his children times six different women? Absolutely he can. Can he be there for them emotionally? To some degree. But wherever he is, he's not with the others. Wherever they are, they're not with them, with him. So it's a fracture that is going to be felt by those children, no matter how much money is thrown at them and how much time they get with daddy during the week. I have half brothers and sisters by different mothers, and I'll never... I'm not a part of a unit. Mm. I'm a Lego. And I'm clicked into the blocks and we stacked something. This is our family. This is our family dynamic, but it is fractured. And I understand that in a fallen world, you got a lot of broken people and a lot of broken things happen, but I don't want to live my life stepping across broken glass. I get it. Very interesting perspective. I'm, I, I am still curious what Nick Cannon's plan is and kind of how he's doing things because yeah. he has yet to share that. Yeah, absolutely. But, but I think I think um, that's a very interesting take you got on it. Yeah, yeah. very interesting take. You got a lot of interesting takes too. I even saw the take you had on the homeworkers. Yeah, that was interesting too. I think that's also kind of related. Yeah, to kind of kind of what we're thinking on. What's your? Give me your thoughts. What is a homewrecker? Yeah. What, what, what what's a homewrecker? Yeah. So so um, if you're if you're alluding to the, the clip I think you're talking about, it's the, the home wrecker is usually the woman that that uh, the man slept with. Okay. And she's the home wrecker. Is that what you were alluding That's to? That's exactly what I'm alluding yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's the home wrecker and this woman, this Jezebel, this old hoe, this old hussy, this old dumb beep. I won't say that word, okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not that I can't say that word. I just, I'm restraining myself. Right. So so you got she gets to blame. But this is a pod. The reason why I came here is because these are men. Right. Talking about relationships Facts. and 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 what it means. There's certain there's different men. I understand that. I don't speak for all men. Y'all don't speak for all men. Mm -hmm. Right. We, but we're on this journey together as men. Mm -hmm. The homework is the dude. It ain't the chick. Because at the end of the day, without me, there is no wrecking. Mm -hmm. So you can be as fine as you want to be. Again, are we going to be honest with ourselves about what we like and don't like? 
Infidelity at the root is always about a person that doesn't feel comfortable telling the truth about the status of their relationship and what they're attracted to. That's the root. Ain't nobody happy in cheating unless you're polyamorous or unless you're a thruple or you, you know what I mean? Like I, have, I personally have cheated, have experienced cheating in the past and not in any situation was I actually happy. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's nerve wracking. You paranoid. You, you know you're being very dishonest to the other, other person. And nothing is really, I mean, even the way you have to go about cheating. Like, yeah, you really bro. don't even get the full experience from the person that you're cheating with. It's the reason why we haven't evolved from the word cheating. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We don't have a cooler thing. We, we have better words for pedophiles now than we have for cheaters. Mm -hmm. Right? You know what I mean? Because we, we're, we're, we're smoothing out all the offensive links. They're not that bad. This person just wanted to explore their sexuality with more than one partner. I don't understand what's wrong with that. Yeah. Don't we all have urges and desires? <laughs> Should I, as a man, be bound to one <laughs> vagina for the rest of my life? This sounds like prison pussy. <laughs> I don't want a prison pussy. <laughs> I want the promises of pussy. I want pussy everywhere. I want it in Atlanta. I want it in Boston. In Dallas. I want it in Dallas. Hey, you know, and I want it in Australia. Remember what Lil Wayne said? Remember what Lil Wayne said, right? I wish I could fuck every girl, girl in the world. world. <laughs> okay. He was really speaking from the hearts of men yeah. at that point in my song. But, but it's really speaking from though. the hearts. When, when you when you go on and, and doing that kind of thing, it's very unsettling. It's not, it's unsettling, right? And you're talking about how unsettled you felt. Were you married at the time? No, no, no. And yeah, you're right. I'm talking about in the with a girlfriend right and, and it's typically this is a just trail, a girlfriend it's a trail of lies that typically lead to the cheating yes a trail of bullshit that you got to keep up with that you got to track that you got to delete yep that you got to clean up that's exactly right that you got to you know just keep up with all of this shit it's it's, it's never it's never a fun situation if you got to do that now let's back up and 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 deal with the lies before those lies you told yourself some lies what's some of those lies you tell it yourself it ain't that bad you know, she, um, she um, deserved it. Um, well, no, before those lies even start, mm. it's just a text. Mm. I ain't doing nothing. It's just, okay, it was a little flirting, but it ain't going to go no further. I don't even like it like that. I don't even rock with her like that. You know what I'm saying? Then she send you some titty pics and you like, oh, this girl tripping. <laughs> Why are you trying to play with me? I don't even like titties. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, you're right, though. You know what I'm saying? So there's a whole bunch of lies we tell ourselves before the lies we start telling others. We lie to ourselves, then we lie to everybody else. Okay, so, so Tim, so because, because I'm 100% agreeing with you with that. So because of that, I don't think you can actually make a mistake and cheat. Because you know, it, it is all of the bad decisions. It's, it's a culmination of all the bad decisions that you made from the initial text, from That's the correct. initial look and that type of deal. So yep. once you actually get were to get caught cheating, mm -hmm. I mean, how how like how is that even resolved? Because, you know, it, it all these other things led up to it. Yep. So, like, how can you even justify that to a partner or, or like how why would somebody even be open to taking you back if they know you kind of went through all this to, to do that? It's a great question, man. So. So um, he, here's what I want to challenge first. I, I want to challenge, not what you said. I just want to challenge the thought that you actually have to get caught. Mm. Oh, guys, we can cheat without getting caught. We had to tune in here. 
Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> In five, four, <laughs> three, two, one. Confess it. Why you got to get caught? You you just gonna play the game until like you're trapped in the corner and oh, I knew you was gonna find out, man. I was so tired of lying to you, and I know, I know, but I really do love you. Oh, so just don't stop. You saying the better action uh, could I'm, be? I'm, I'm, no, I'm saying stop, right? Because okay. because there's no good that could come from it. But what I'm saying is, instead of getting caught, just confess it. Well, there's no. But wow. so so let me challenge that because there's not a lot of good that comes from confessing either. Actually, there's. You good know how who? hard you good for, good for who for either person because mm. what you do with her is you destroy you destroy her peace, you destroy her trust, you destroy each other's trust, and I would argue it's even harder to rebuild back trust than it is to even have initial trust put in place when you meet somebody on day one. So that rebuilding process, in many ways, some people look at. I mean, is it even worth rebuilding this thing? I mean, girlfriend, marriage, probably a little bit different investment, so you probably have a different mindset behind it. But that rebuilding process and what you break and damage in that confession is just so hard. I mean, Tim, is it not? Do we not just throw this girl away, never deal with it again, confess it to God, and just keep it pushing? No, we don't. And and so so here's what I would say. It sounds like you think the way she will be hurt in confession will be less than the way she would be hurt if you got caught. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if you're at the point where now you're even thinking about confessing, mm -hmm. that means you don't want to do this shit no more. Correct. So that means you're like, I'm done with this. Yep. I want to just flush all my weed down the toilet. Yep. Absolutely. I want to pour all my liquor down. I'm, <laughs> done, I'm done with this lifestyle, yes, right? Yes, let's go. Yes, well, absolutely. Well, flush the chick down the toilet. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, no, like, no. So, so here's what I would say. Uh, why would you make that decision for her? Well, it's not that I'm making a decision for her. It's just that I'm not necessarily disrupting a piece or breaking the established trust. And don't get me wrong. I do believe that they say, you know, the truth's out set you free, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I get that. Mm -hmm. I think telling her the truth is actually more so to relieve your conscience than to do anything for her. In many ways, you are really throwing off her piece for your consciousness, I mean, to, to free up your conscience. And, I mean, depending on how you want to look at that, in some ways we can call that selfish, mm -hmm. right? But in general, if you truly can keep your word to yourself and never go back to cheating on another woman, truly have a change of heart, have learned from that experience, and want to be a great husband to your wife, and now she literally has to never even be broken, harmed, or uh, you have to rebuild any trust from that, is it not something you just move forward as this new reborn man? I wouldn't. And the reason why I wouldn't is because that means that you are, you've started over and she never got a chance to. So literally what you're rebuilding is one-sided and you're still not seen, known, and valued at the deepest level of who you are. And you still got this secret. And it's still a secret. So, so what I would say is human beings are hella resilient. Like survive hurricanes and then move to different cities and then start over and get shot and learn to live, lose limbs and learn to live, lose, lose eyesight and adjust and adapt. Human beings are incredibly resilient. And when trust is broken 
And in most cases with cheating, it's not broken, it's shattered. When you break something, if you break something clean, you can set it back in place, right? If it breaks in three or four pieces, super glue, clack, clack, clack. You're going to see some lines, put a little glaze over it, we're moving on. You shatter something, it's never going to be it's never going to be what you want it to be again. You make a mosaic with that. Mosaics look 10 times better than broken vessels put back together again. So mosaics can be, both, both of them have value. Mosaics are just wildly attractive because of what can be happened after something is shattered. But you cannot get that if you don't invite the other person in. You have to run the risk. Now, I'm telling you something based on something I told you earlier that I couldn't get into. <laughs> so hear what I'm not saying, okay? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. You can have something incredibly beautiful after a breach if two people are doing the work and are mature about it. I know at a very surface level, if my nigga never cheat on me, I'm out. D damn that. I'm not going to take You ain't. I won't be the fool twat. Right? Right. I get it. Right? I can never get over it. There's no way it could happen. Um, I, I can never forgive the person in my mind. The age old adage, never say never, <laughs> is there for a reason. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you can handle till you go through it. Mm -hmm. I swore if my younger brother ever died that I would become a hitman, like a straight up contract killer. Because I do think I have the capacity of taking a life and going to bed at night. That's mm -hmm. dangerous and scary. My brother died on September 17th of 2004. And everybody's still alive. <laughs> I haven't caught a case. This darkest season of my whole life, I never thought I could live without Miles Edward Ross. And I'm still here because human beings are resilient. You know, Tim, it's, it's incredible you say that. And we had a married couple come on here and they talked about a very open, very open and transparent about the mm -hmm. infidelity they dealt with um, in the marriage. And usually hear guys cheat. We actually had the wife of the relationship open about the infidelity. And she then talked about how she was motivated by cheating because she it was a vindictive act. Correct. And when I reposted that on Inst on Instagram and Facebook, Facebook, I don't know, Facebook just seemed a little bit more violent. Like the, like the <laughs> I don't know what the hell going on with yeah. the people with Facebook, active <laughs> Facebook accounts. They've been on that for Y'all all need you therapy You took Facebook. the words out of my mouth. They've been there the longest. They, they're the no, longest they of the social media apps. Them jokers are... And they're, and they're more mature Toxic. crowd. They done been through some shit. Yeah, too. That's very true. Because them women in there was like, yup, you better cheat back, girl. Yup, get his ass. Yeah. Uh-huh. He know how to. So yeah. I'm just thinking, damn, if you expose this, I bring this side of this woman out that potentially can bring these additional issues that now I may have to worry about, oh, damn, she cheated on me. Oh, hell no. Nah. I can't take this. <laughs> oh, damn. Now we done broken another home because to hell with you, woman. Right, right, right. I know I cheated, but you can't cheat. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, now yeah, we done yeah. got a broken family. We just created all of this mess. And we looking at it, 50% of marriages that ended in divorce. Mm -hmm. So we saying people are resilient, but they ain't acting very resilient. Well, and, so to that point. Go ahead. People are resilient, Right. But restoration and rehabilitation is work. And most people 
don't want to do the work. Mm -hmm. So as resilient as people are, let's also throw in the fact, people are lazy. Lazy. When I tell you lazy, lazy. My therapist told me something that broke my heart. Like I got pissed and then I was like, and then it made the whole world make sense. And this is oversimplistic, but just hear me out. She said, um, only 1% of people on the planet do their soul work. Damn. Exactly. That makes sense. That destroyed me. Because I'm an empath and I'm a very altruistic person. I have hope for the whole world. Everybody can be better. Like, that's my whole life. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I preached Jesus for 26 years. Everybody can have the, the, the savior of the world, right? I'm, I'm sitting there. My face is looking like, yeah. <laughs> Was one percent of people getting all the money too? It's like these laws, these universal laws, they apply to everything. Yeah. So you get out what you put in. Yeah. So you might understand that with money, but you don't understand that with your spirituality and your and, and your and your emotional and your soul, right? Exactly. Your, your emotional work. So she said, one percent of people do their work on the whole planet. I thought to myself, oh, oh my god, oh my god, that's that. We, we. <laughs> oh, this explains cocaine. This explains Zan. This explains Molly. Yep. This explains alcohol. This explains sex. This explains human trafficking. This explains porn industry. Mm -hmm. This explains everything. If only 1% of people are doing their soul work down to the deepest level, that means everybody else is on medication. So whether it's a vice, like snorting a line of Coke, or I'm playing Madden for nine hours a day yep, yep, yep. <laughs> for no money. I'm just playing Madden, smoking blunts. <laughs> what? The life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That means you're escaping something that you actually don't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. And and you've heard the you've heard the analogy, or not the analogy, the the phrase career ending injury. Yeah. Right. Here's what I found out. Most most career ending injuries aren't career ending. The rehab was so painful. They just chose to end the career. That's real. It's not even a career-ending injury. They just gave up. That's why they respect no Kobe Bryant so much, because Kobe Bryant came from what should have been a career-ending injury. Achilles used to be a career-ending injury, except it was never a career-ending injury. The rehab is so long and so painful, it actually hurts more than the initial injury sustained, and you have to do work for. Ten times as long. Months at a time. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's an 18-month injury to come back from. I think Cope came back in 12. Yeah. Right? Wow. That So rehab is painful. Most of us don't want to dig into the deep places of our heart that are painful, and so we just throw something on top of it. So your girl was in pain. That's why she went to go have sex with another dude. That didn't fix nothing. So it was in Vindictive, and all the, all the, all the girls in the, in the Facebook, that's right, go get some dick. You know what I'm saying? He he got pussy. You get dick. <laughs> and they fucking miserable and at she, home. And she went and got some foreign dick. I bet you she didn't feel better. Mm -hmm. She said she didn't. Of course she didn't. She's a human being with a soul, fam. Who wants to be out here having revenge sex? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't even like you. I've never done that before, but I just, yeah, it just seems revenge silly. Revenge sex? silly. No, revenge oh sex is gosh. crazy. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> As opposed to just sitting down and grieving the deep pain of having the person you thought you were, you were exclusive with lie to you, cheat on you, and break your heart. 
and you sit with that grief and mourn it and realize I'm going to have to do some work to be whole again as a person. And if I choose to stick with you, we're going to have to do three times that work to be whole again as a couple. That's work. Most people don't want to do that. So, so, so resilience, that hasn't changed. Effort has. We are raising lazy people. They quit on everything. Mm-hmm. Not just relationships, jobs. 2020 hit. I ain't coming to work. You going to give me money to stay home? I'll never come back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Jokas was quitting waitressing. How are you quitting a job <laughs> that already has the most flexible hours right. ever? Because we make it easy for people to get out. And this is why the, I think 50% of here, here, y'all getting me, I'm getting turned up now. <laughs> so, so, so here, here, I wish, I wish I could get a million signatures to sign this petition for married people. Marriage is public. They usually have a ceremony and they invite witnesses and they rent a venue and they feed people food. Here's my petition. You want to get a divorce? It must be public. You must invite everybody that you invited to the wedding, to the divorce. You must rent the same venue again, and you must feed us. And you must publicly renounce it in the same way you publicly announced it. And let's just see if that slows down the rate just a bit. If I got to get everybody back together, and walk back in that church or that botanical garden or that Jamaican seashore and go, I know I said to you in front of God and all these witnesses that I would love you for the rest of my life, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, and sickness and health until death do us part. Psych! <laughs> you know, honestly, probably not, though, because, I mean, based on what you said, the real issue is that these folks don't want to do the work. I honestly don't even think giving them extra work is going to help. But think about it. We make it easy for people to get out, but we don't make it easy for them to get in. What, yeah, what What we do in marriage publicly, we let people skate out of it privately. Please, for, for the, um, uh, please pray for us during this time. This is a private matter. It wasn't a private when you announced it to everybody and wanted everybody in your business. Now you want us out of your business? You know, well, I, I think, honestly, that we, we have a saying in business. We say hire slow, fire fast, right? And the thing about it is, I think if they, if we did have, I think the solution is more so on the front end mm-hmm. than it is on the back end because I agree with you. If we put in, like, some mandatory work that needed to be done on the front end first, I think most, a lot of people wouldn't even get married in the first place. That's facts. They wouldn't even get married in the first place, or they would see some aspect of the work that would have to be involved. Because although you pulled it off in five months, I think in this day and time, that's not a scalable solution because I think relationships have become a little bit more complex. Dude, my, my story is the exception. It is not the norm. No, I know. I, it, sure. it truly That's, is. It's an aberration. It truly is because yeah. we got people that have been dating now for five, six years <gasps> and they still having divorces. And it's we're in a very different time with relationship dynamics mm-hmm. and, you know, people not really having healthy, you know, just fundamental for aspects sure. outside of the complexities that the world now brings into our relationships 
And it's, it's, I, I think we really do need to regulate the entering of the marriage I agree. on the front end to actually make it more rigorous or difficult for people to get involved in the first place. I agree. I agree a thousand percent. Absolutely correct. Now, now, Tim, you've been you you pastored for twenty plus years in the yep. church, so I'm sure you've probably counseled tons of couples, right? Thousands. So thousands of couples. So when you're dealing with these couples, what what roles did the men and women occupy that you would say would be most conducive to a successful marriage? Um, th- th- biblically, okay, the the man is the head of the woman. The biggest misconception is that the man is the head of the house. I'm talking this from a, 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 a faith standpoint as a believer in Jesus. Mm-hmm. I am not the head of my household. I'm the head of my wife. Christ is the head of the house. So we both answer to him, right? And, because, and me being submitted to Christ is why my wife can be submitted to me. Mm. Like, like one of the, uh, Ephesians 5 has been one of the most abused texts to try to get women to submit to men, <laughs> right? Women need to submit to men, and men are the head of the house. And it's like, that's not in the Bible. Christ is the head of the home. The man is the head of the, the wife. And uh, if uh, I have never, you'll be hard-pressed to find a man that is submitted to Jesus and has a woman that won't be submitted to him. Ooh. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I think Ooh. women might even be offended to hear the words head of his wife. I understand that. I think that's offensive. Submit, to a lot submit of women. in general. Now, 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 I want to know what that looks like. What does it look like for a man to be the head of his wife? All it means is that, literally, I'm going to be regular, regular, basic, okay? All that means is that the man was here first and then the woman came. God created man first. He breathed into him the breath of life. Then he laid him down and pulled out a piece of Adam and formed the woman, and then he brought the woman to the man. That's all that means. The man was here first. So it's not a role aspect to it? Like it's not you being the head, that doesn't give you any additional responsibility? Well, I think the responsibility of the man being first um, comes down to um, the buck stopping with him, quote unquote, right? So, So at the end of the day, I do believe that there is more responsibility on the man in God's eyes, the male man, okay, in God's eyes, uh, uh, than it is the woman. This is not a superiority thing. It's just an order thing. The man was here first, and then the woman was here, right? And so, and and I believe that they are co-equals before the fall. I believe they have shared responsibilities, but there are things that God gave uh, the man to do in his male body that he did not give the woman to do in her female body and vice versa. It's the reason why men do not have babies. Mm-hmm. Point blank, period. There are bearded men that have babies that have transgendered. They, they, they crossed over genders, but they still have a womb because their chromosomes say double X. They're a woman at their DNA level. They can express themselves as a man, but I've seen a bearded man with a belly. That's because... No way. It was a woman. It's a woman. Never seen that before. Who transgendered. Yeah, you can Google it. It's wow. interesting. Some 2023 shit going on. Yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah, it is. So, so, so I don't want that to sound like superiority. And that's where a lot of women really fall out with, with um, church and the Bible and, and um, a lot of things. But God, 
God ordered things for a reason. And when we respect the order, things are beautiful. Things are beautiful. But Juliet don't have no problem submitting to me because I'm submitted to Christ. I don't tell her what to do. And she don't tell me what to do. We are collaborators in life. This is me outside of me. So my wife, I'm actually one flesh with my wife. This is, this is my person. This is Juliet is me outside of me looking back at me talking to me. That's how much she's me. That she is, if you ever wanted a complete sentence from me, you got to talk to me and her. Then you would know the full truth about me. And if you ever wanted the, one, the full truth about her, you would have to hear from her and me because we are one. So there's beauty in that. And that beauty has been um, uh, bludgeoned. Uh, it's, the, it's the rapper in me that has to make stuff alliterate and the preacher in me that has to. But that beauty has been bludgeoned by um, misogynistic views, uh, men that are insecure in their masculinity, um, uh, men that feel like they have to dominate and a, and a woman can't have a voice. You, you really don't find that in scripture. And... And, and that's not what the Bible is trying to promote. And so for me, I just feel like if people got back to that order and they embraced that, their lives would be amazing. Their children would be at peace in a way that, that there, there's so many studies that show that uh, when, when there is a father and the mother in a home uh, who love each other, intrinsically it brings peace to children's nervous systems nobody said nothing they just know mommy and daddy love each other i they couldn't articulate it if you asked them hey what what it is about your mom and dad that you love mommy and daddy love each other there's peace in this home i feel safe i feel protected therefore my neural system is at rest i am not my environment is not scary. But people need safety. And when they don't have safety, that's when they cope. So, so when I did premarital counseling, I was always telling people, get the premise and the foundation of your relationship right. When I did premarital counseling, the, the, first, time, the, the first time we meet, say you came in with your girlfriend, right? You came in with your girlfriend, hey, we want premarital counseling. Okay, cool. It's going to be a minimum of four weeks. It might be six. It could be longer, depending on what we get into. First thing I want you to know is you can't have sex until you get married. I don't care if you've had sex before. You're now in this office. You can't have sex again in, in, until you get married. I'm out of here. That changes things. I'm like, yeah, we're we going to find another one, baby. And this, let, this one ain't going to work. That changes <laughs> and, 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 and let me tell you why you would run out the office. Because as soon as you stop having sex, you'll find out what's really in that person's mind and their emotions. Most people that have sex and try to go through any kind of counseling, they they write off red flags as hot pink because mm -hmm. your bodies are already involved. Right. You you hit stuff hit different when you ain't having sex. This is my personal opinion. I don't think a man, if sex was completely off the table, I don't think men would deal with half the shit that they deal with, with when it comes to women that they're dealing with that they really don't like. If sex was completely off the table, it's just like a man is gonna walk away from that situation if he don't if he's not feeling that woman. But Bro. if sex is on the table. Boy, it's some shit. It's some shit that you would deal with. No more nut high. Yeah. Well, yeah. well and, and vice versa. Yeah. How 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 many how how many women are dealing with trash niggas? Cause it's good dick. Mm. 
That's facts. So take sex off the table and then let's have a conversation about your mouth. Not what that mouth do. <laughs> what the hell? You see what I'm saying? Like, hold on, not, man. You not, switching not, it up on us. Not, not what not <laughs> what <laughs> not what that mouth do. Why does that keep coming out of your mouth? Mm, exactly. Why do you cut me down every time I confront you? Confrontation is healthy. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be hostile. We how, how come you call me out of my name every time I tell you to pick up behind yourself? I'm a man, nigga. You ain't gonna tell me what to do. You can leave. Well, well, we can't dig into all that if the only the rate. Okay, I can't tell you how many couples use sex in lieu of communication. Interesting. That's how they. That's how they make up. They don't use words. They use their bodies. So when they come into my office and I say, you cannot have sex again until you're married. Once they get over that, because I ask them, I ask them sub- subsequently every session, have you had sex? <laughs> and if they have it, you know, the head go down. That makes sense because you, you would think as long as we having sex, the problems must not be that bad. That's exactly right. And... For that dopamine high to go off in your head, they ain't that bad. If I'm gonna have, if I'm gonna get a good nut out of this, I will deal with your mouth for two and a half more days, and and then, but then you are gonna suck me off? Well, guess what? Y- your mouth is a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Y- you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so I'm dealing with this, but you take it off the table, and then I have to realize this person is emasculating me as a man. You gaslight me. You manipulate me. You actually control me with sex sometimes. Based on my behavior, you either not giving it up or giving it up. And I'm not talking about you're at an impasse communicatively. I'm just talking about true manipulation. You didn't buy me this. You didn't let me go here. You said something I didn't like. I'm not going to talk to you for four days. And then, okay, nigga, come. I'll let you come back. That's manipulation. That's witchcraft. I'm not dealing with you. Okay, so so let me ask you this, because if that happens, okay, and the man is in that situation where he is being emasculated, would you agree that it may not have always been like that and maybe he did some things to contribute to Oh, absolutely correct. Okay. And this is why I don't think people can resolve their own issues. Got you. You take your teeth to the dentist. You take your car to the mechanic. (laughs) You take your hair to the barber. (laughs) But you ain't going to take your relationship to a counselor? I ain't gonna, I, I don't need to talk to nobody about that. What that fool going to tell me that I don't already know? He a man just like me. <laughs> that sounds like a typical Negro. You know what I'm saying? That's the right. e- ego. Ego. Pride. Yeah, absolutely. And all the other, all the other Fully things. Fully raging, fam. And let me tell you, we, we actually had quota here, man. So I, I, I got to wrap it up. But, but, I, but I don't want to leave without asking you this because I really got a lot this more This episode is going to be fire. Y'all know that, right? Hey, let, let me this tell you something. This crazy. thing Look, is going to we already, crazy. I'm already making plans in my mind. I'm like, we need to have him on every quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Four times worry. a year. Don't worry, y'all. We're going to get him again. We just can't give you too much right now. Right. We can't, oh, we can't give you too much. <laughs> Because of this, the state that we in now, yeah. and you as a marriage counselor, obviously you have a mandatory minimum that somebody needs to go through marriage counseling. I want to ask two things. One, how long do you think that a man should healthily vet his woman 
on just a, just just give a roundabout number for the everyday guy if you mm -hmm. can if you can just try to set a rule if you can mm -hmm. for a guy to vet his woman before they get married and what are some mandatory minimums that couples need to do prior to moving into marriage mm -hmm. to ensure that they're dealing with the right person great question so i would say uh first off um i think 365 days is a great rule okay because you get to you um you get to see people in all four seasons right not just not just naturally but emotionally, spiritually, relationally, there's four seasons for a relationship. Um, the first season is spring, right? Everything's new. Oh my God, I got this girl's number. Oh my God, she look good. Oh my. It's, it's, it's springtime, right? Everything's bubbling. Then, then summer hits and it's all passionate, right? Like, it's hot and steamy. Um, and she wore the homie, you should have saw her in the dress. And, da -da -da -da. and she was like, oh no, it, he had on the sweats and I saw that print. And I'm like, <laughs> I know this gonna be good. Right? You, you know what I mean? And then, but you get to fall. When you get to fall, everything changes. How do they act when things change? When when you don't you don't text back instantly. You, you the phone was on airplane mode because you had to do a pod. You didn't call me. I blew your phone up. You probably got some other hoe at the house. And it's like, oh my, oh, so you got jealousy in you. Mm -hmm. You see stuff when seasons change. You ne you don't see too much in spring and, and summer. Fall is when you start seeing stuff change. And then winter, stuff gets cold. It don't feel good. You're either going to buy a sweater, you're going to layer up, or that's when most people end a relationship. Because they don't, they don't actually think it's four seasons. They think they live in Miami. <laughs> they actually think they live in the Caribbean. It's going to be the same way Yeah, yeah. It's going to be It's going to be 80 degrees, <laughs> and except for like a, a, a violent hurricane that comes maybe once or twice, we should be 80 degrees all year long. No, no. It gets cold in, uh, up, up in this relationship. And so, and so we're either going to layer up and then get back to spring, or we're gonna break up and find spring again with somebody else. And that's where that, you never get nobody that actually goes through the four seasons, okay? So I say, I say, I say a year, if you don't, listen, I can order food faster, buy a car faster, buy a house faster than most people get through relationships before they wanna commit. It makes no damn sense, I'm sorry. No disrespect to this generation or whatever, but how the hell you don't know after five years? We still dating. It just ain't. Come on, dog. You don't bought a house by that time. You done changed three jobs. You know what I'm saying? Took two promotions, took eight trips, and you still don't know if this is the one you want to rock with forever? That's because you're afraid of commitment. Now, since I just fired that shot, let me say one, go through premarital counseling. Please go through premarital counseling. And then after you get married, postmarital, two to four times a year. If things are going great, cool. There's no cavities, right? I went to the dentist. I'm flossing right, and I'm brushing my teeth like I'm, I should. I don't have no cavities. But you don't know if you don't go in. You still go. You still go, fam, right? And if there's nothing there, cool. But if you're there, if you're there at the right time, then you'll know, hey, you got a little gun, gum formation thing happening that's receding right here, and... Last time we did a cleaning, there was a it, your gums bled too much. We want to check that out or whatever. M regular maintenance. So I say for people to get married, I'm talking dun, 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 within six months, go in for a checkup. Maintenance. You would <clears throat> never drive a car off the lot and drive it for 200,000 miles without getting an origin. <laughs> right. That would never happen in the history of ever. So my advice to people is don't wait till there's smoke coming from under the hood. Take it in every three months, 
or 6,000 miles and just check. Preventative maintenance. Preventative maintenance, man. I'm down with it. Absolutely. Because there's changes and shifts that are happening and you need a, a, a arbitrary third party that can just be neutral and be like, I understand what you're saying. And then interpret sometimes. Hey, I know every time she says this, it sounds to you like this and you get pissed. But really what she's saying is she misses you. You be in there like, oh, damn. Mm. Is it all you was trying to say? Yeah, baby, I just miss you. And then y'all niggas hugging it. It's, like, <laughs> it's dope. It's dope. But I, I love, Juliet and I love getting counseling even after almost 24 years. And we, we still like occasionally sitting down with a couple and just helping them tweak. Because most people that think they're on the verge of divorce, uh, most studies say within 24 to 36 months, from that point that they think they're on the verge, they're usually back in spring or summer. Y'all, I'm going to be honest with you. If you watch this shit, you probably just saved yourself from getting divorced. I <laughs> promise you. We we done messed around and covered infidelity. Yo. Yeah. Premarital counseling. Yes, sir. Postmarital counseling. Trauma that you experienced before you get into the relationship. Trauma, Absolutely. Abstinence. Yeah. And why men should have the right to cheat on their woman. <laughs> so we covered all of that in one episode. Thank you so much, Tim Ross. The brothers are so thankful. Absolutely. Hey, can you please talk to the audience? Because I'm sure they love you. Let them know how they can get in contact with you and where they can get in contact All with right, you. All right, so uh, one love to everybody that's out there. Uh, my social media handles are Upset the Gram on Instagram, Upset the Talk on TikTok. I host a show called The Basement with Tim Ross. You can find it on YouTube. I love you guys. Uh, Harley initiated. Y'all are dope. And anytime you want me back, I'll be here, bro. Hey, Likewise, brother. Yeah, we love sure. you too. Thank you yes, so man. much. Absolutely. For blessing us and gracing us with your presence and Absolutely. your word. Thank you, bro. And listen, thank you for tuning into another episode of Harley Initiated. We are out. <laughs>